I'm Hannah. Hi, I'm Rochelle, and you're listening to Box Box F1 Pod. Okay, so we're finally talking about the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. Sorry about the slight delay, but there's a lot to unpack, so we're going to dive right in. Uh, first up, though, is the digital warm-up. Do-do-do, lap one, the Las Vegas Grand Prix. So it's official. The debut is planned for the 2023 Thanksgiving weekend. Because who doesn't want to spend their Thanksgiving (laughs) in Vegas watching Formula One cars? So it's actually a great location because you could stand on the bridges, you know, like connecting hotels. And also there's so many hotels that are high rises. So it's actually one of the easier ones, I think to attend because you don't necessarily need a ticket. (laughs) Will you eat turkey Uh, while you watch Max go round and round? (laughs) No, at that point, it's like, what's the point of even acknowledging Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving. You're not doing anything by tradition. Anywho, lap two, the F1 and FIA statement on the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. So on Friday, there was a missile attack on a Saudi Aramco oil facility near the track. And you could literally see like smoke from the track. Thankfully, there weren't any injuries, but obviously it was super concerning. So there was a four hour long meeting that went on past 1 a.m., where like all the drivers, administrators, team principals had to discuss whether or not to even continue the weekend. And I just have to say from the pictures that leaked, Yuki looked like he was dying. I've never seen a man look so miserable. Like he looked he like he wanted to hungry. be anywhere else. A hundred percent was hungry. I don't get um, why they didn't provide snacks at this meeting. <laughs> Jen is not into snacks or safety. They're just oh, the like, worst. You starve while in danger, sort of thing. It's a, it's a new diet. Yeah. Um, so the FIA and F1 said the race weekend will continue because stakeholders and the Saudi Arabian government and security agencies reassured them that the event is secure. I actually don't. Uh, disagree with that I feel like the attack was probably timed to be during the Grand Prix just because there'd be a lot of eyes on that area and so it would help like I don't know spread the news but like I don't think F1 was the target or had anything to do with it so I feel like the drivers were not in danger but it's not really about like necessarily actually being in danger it's more about like the mental and the like Just the idea of, like, the people bombing, like, 10 miles away from you. Like, obviously, that's stressful. I mean, I 100% think Lewis was, like, one of the ones who were, was most concerned. Agreed. I mean, yeah, I, I, I agree with the drivers. I also wouldn't want to race there or be there or anything. Um, but this definitely sparked, like, some... Um, action from the drivers to like want to be more involved in the decisions about where they race. Toto at the time on like whatever Friday night or Saturday morning said the racetrack was the safest place you could be. And then, okay, we'll get to the results. But after Mercedes had like kind of a subpar performance, he said, is it acceptable to race 10 miles away from a drone rocket that is going into a patrol tank? 
Certainly not. But within their culture, these things happen. Within their culture. It's a cultural thing. The waffles and missiles. Um, well, needless to say, the race did go on. Well, there were no more terrorist attacks. But there, there was more, more violence because <laughs> lap three, a rogue fire marshal. An F1 fire marshal who was scheduled to work at the Saudi Grand Prix this weekend tweeted, I hope Lewis has an accident like Roman's accident in Bahrain, which is in reference to Roman Grosjean's fireball crash that nearly killed him at the 2020 Bahrain Grand Prix. So that was unnecessary, and he was (laughs) removed. (laughs) That was just rude. (laughs) What the fuck? Well, they went back to his Twitter history, and he's very pro, like, Red Bull and Max and all that. But I'm like, do you have to wish that Lewis dies from a fire? <laughs> like, that's graphic. And tweeting it, too. Like, you can say, like, go Max, but saying, I right. hope Lewis, like, spot a car, like, catches into a giant ball of fire. Taking it to a, a level it didn't need to go to. Just say, like, go Max. <laughs> Super bad vibes in Saudi Arabia this weekend. Terrible. Um, And particularly for Lewis. Not a good time to be Lewis. Not at all. Like what a precipitous drop. Wow. Yes. (laughs) What a precipitous drop indeed. (laughs) Okay. Last lap. Lap four. Subtle Seb is still sick. Well, well, Subtle's, that's a great alliteration. Alliteration. Yeah, but more likely Subtle Seb is just still positive. Regardless, the end result is that we're stuck with Nico again. (laughs) And he's the absolute worst because he just doesn't care. He, like, posted a picture of him laughing at the camera with a, like, caption that said, stop over in London, which to me, A, Lawrence clearly doesn't think he's worth wasting a private jet on. And, like, he just, like, clearly doesn't give a shit. Yeah. At all. Lawrence is right, as usual. After his qualifying round where he sucked, he was just like, yeah, I could have probably gotten more out of the car. Yeah, no shit. You you think this would be an amazing opportunity to, like, prove your worth and maybe, like... Mm-hmm try to get a seat for next year, but I don't think he wants that. That's why I even question why he would become a reserve driver, because you're right, you presumably do that because you're going to get some sort of gain or opportunity out of it, Yeah, not just to drive around for fun. I think this might be the last time we see him in F1. <laughs> I agree. Also, it's like the opposite of Subtle Seb's approach. Like, the direct opposite. Where is Nico from? Germany? German? That's not very German. But I don't know. He's the most lax German I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah, he's German. He's a German. Yeah. Terrible German. Horrible. I mean, there have been worse, but this is not a good one. (laughs) (laughs) There have been a couple worse Germans. He's definitely among the top five worst, but probably like fifth. <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> and that concludes our digital warm up. <laughs> do do do. do. <laughs>
Before we continue this episode, we're excited to announce that BoxBox F1 Pod is now sponsored by Manscaped. Which F1 team principal has the worst facial hair? Okay, I'd have to say it's probably Gunther Steiner because um, not only does he not have eyebrows, the facial hair that he does have, he seems to have intentionally scaped into the worst looking situation I've ever seen on a face. He lacks the correct vision, but you could tell he's trying. (laughs) Yes, and considering he's been able to hone his efforts into success with Haas this year, I think the same should be said for his face. Gunther could really use Manscaped's new performance package for below the belt and above the chest grooming. It has a ton of great products and it's the ultimate hygiene bundle. So if you all want to step it up like Haas has this year, you can head over to manscaped.com and use our code BOXBOXF1POD for a 20% discount and free worldwide shipping. Balls, balls. (laughs) All right. On to the race rhyme. Okay. <laughs> Saudi GP giving you deja vu. That's right. It's Jetta take two. But before our drivers get a chance to get on their Zoom, Jetta is rocked with a massive boom. Oddly enough, the drivers don't want to race near the site of an explosion. They're so passionate, they stay up past curfew and cause quite the commotion. All the drivers look tired and peeved, and Yuki looks like he needs to be fed. If only subtle Sub Vettel was here to put this controversy and Yuki to bed. But F1 and the team principals argue back and are like, nah, guys, it's super safe. And rumor has it Saudi Arabia was like, well, good luck leaving the country if you don't race. So here we are with quality underway. A ton of things happen, so listen up to what I got to say. Lewis is out in Q1. What is he, a 2021 Haas? Speaking of, Mick crashes and splits his car in half. Thank God Mick is fine, but he won't race on Sunday. Back at the front, though, things are getting as funky as a Lewis Guan Yu runway. At the very last minute, Checo gets his first pull. Vamos, Checo. Can someone get his dad on the phone? It's a big day for Mexico and Checo fans like me and Hannah. Looks like Sunday will be as tasty as a Gordon Ramsay extravaganza. Race day. Oh, you know that Chris Rock and Will Smith fight? That's not the only battle we'll see tonight. First up are Alpines Esteban and Alonso, and it looks like Ocon's kitty days are gonzo. After several laps of back and forth, Ocon takes the lead. Alonso will DNF, so Esteban's Alpine wins for most speed. And then Latifi crashes like an overhyped Pomeranian. Seriously, is this the most issues caused by one Canadian? Yellow, virtual, then safety car means pit stops galore. Seems Checo's luck has run out as he pitted right before. As always, Carlo takes on the roles of driver, engineer, and stew. We stand our smart and speedy king of Spain. Is there anything he can't do? Which means post-restart, two battles will death play out on a track, and that's Checo v. Carlos and Charles v. Max. But first, okay, ready for a shock? The hoss of Kevin Magnuson is fighting for points against Lewis Hamilton. I know, we are all continuously surprised by Haas's strength. Almost as surprised as Lewis when he found out there's a point for 10th. And finally, the fight for the lead between Max and Leclerc. There's so much back and forth, this battle is absolutely berserk. But as fun as it was, Max eventually prevails. Are Max, Charles, and Carlos the new golden trio? Time will unveil. As for the rest of the grid, pretty good, but we ended the race with five DNFs in total. Here's a thought, maybe bench this track so we don't risk more crashes in a second Chernobyl? Ta-ta for now, it's time to adjourn. See you next time, down under in Melbourne. Thanks. Very good. Very good. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Okay. Celebrity. <laughs> the Black Eyed Peas were there. Did we find out who they were with? No, I don't know. I hope Williams. For Will, but I F1- am. 
Yeah. <laughs> but they F1 posted and said they were all chilling with Stefano Domenciali. So maybe he likes the Black Eyed Peas and they were his, his guests. I don't know. That's It's weird. It's like a bizarre picture they posted with like Gordon Ramsay. Well, Apparently, Gordon is friends with Christian, so he was a Red Bull guest this weekend. Gordon would be a Red Bull guest. He has Red Bull energy, no? Yes, and I could totally see him being friends with Christian. Same, same, same. Um, He would make an excellent team principal, like, just for content. (laughs) He would be calling somebody an idiot sandwich every weekend. (laughs) Oh my god, it'd be amazing. That's a great crossover. Also, there Haas tweeted today like a picture of Gunther and a picture of Gordon, and they were like, imagine how many bleeps this conversation <laughs> would have. <laughs> and I also want to say, what if Yuki was in that conversation? <laughs> F-bombs everywhere. So many F-bombs. F1 F-bombs. But, okay, so, like, I know Gunther and Yuki get, like, a really bad rep for swearing a lot. But, honestly, if you watch, like, watch the races, but even, like, Drive to Survive, like, the they all swear, like, an unbelievable amount. Like, Yuki gets a bad rep, but they're all kind of swearing up a storm. I think it's because when Gunther and Yuki swear, it's very angry whereas other people yes they throw it around but more casually (laughs) i guess that's true yeah a lot of it is tone and yuki and and gunther look like they're about to smash a door i guess or a car gordon has the same rep though that's why the three of them would get along so well or maybe not Yeah, that'd be a funny, funny crossover. That should happen. I Oh, Yuki and Gordon together would be insane, though. Because oh, yes, Yuki for the food. food. Oh, yeah. But he hates British food. But that's okay. Gordon has a wide array of offerings. <laughs> yes, and I feel like if anyone could make Yuki like British food, it would probably be Gordon and not the, like, local fish and chip yeah. pub that they found in Mint- M- Milton Keynes. Like, no mushy peas, please. <laughs> Gordon's beef Wellington would be a hit. It would. And also, I do think he'd make mushy peas, like, somewhat acceptable. He'd have, like, some mint in there, and it'd be, like, a... He would do the yeah. most that you could do with mushy he peas. He would. <laughs> okay. Right. Qualifying. Qualifying. It was a wild Saturday. Well, Yuki couldn't even do a lap because he had car issues. And then Latifi... Oh, my God. In Q1, he crashed. It wasn't that bad of a crash, but it did red flag the session, but he continued driving afterwards, but just not good. But most shockingly in Q1, Lewis was eliminated, and I think everyone gasped (laughs) because Mercedes is not sandbagging. In fact, they're actually not good. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it was, um, no, they're, they're bad. There is no sand at Mercedes. They are not anywhere near a beach. They just suck. (laughs) And unfortunately, for not just Lewis and George, but every other team with a Mercedes engine, they're all struggling. It's, it's like, bad. Because, you know, last weekend, all of those Mercedes engines weren't doing very well. But this weekend, it was weird because even though Lewis got eliminated in Q1, 
George kept doing pretty well in the qualifying round. So there was a question of like, is it the car? I mean, <laughs> it's kind of hard to say it's not the car because Lewis really has never been this bad. The last time he was eliminated in Q1 was Brazil 2017. So and the last why- time he was eliminated on pure pace... Um, so meaning like not accidents or anything else was actually 2009. That's why they were like, there's no way it's him. Like it has to be the car. But then George was like flying. Um, Lance was involved somehow, right? Yeah. Lance last second knocked Lewis out of P15. Oh, right. Yeah. And, um, online people called it getting strolled. (laughs) That's That's gotta hurt. (laughs) Yeah, it really does. Uh, also, the most dramatic thing I think to happen in qualifying was Mick crashed really badly in Q2 and was red flagged, or the session was red flagged, but his car was straight up like split in half. Yeah, he was conscious, but he went to the medical center to get checked out. And the commentators kept saying, it's okay, he talked to his mom on the phone. Oh. <laughs> I know. Being his mother, though, after seeing that after Michael, yeah, like mm-hmm. I can't imagine that the nerves must be out of control. He also he was actually airlifted to the hospital. He wasn't. He was checked on track, and then he was airlifted. Uh, they gotta make this track better next year. Now they have like a whole year, so no excuses. No, like actually no excuses or just like they, I mean, they'll come back obviously like the money and they have an eight year contract with Jetta and all of that, but no one wants to be here. Nope. Not at all. <laughs> um, okay. So that was like the two shocking things in Q1, Q2 kind of came and went, but then Q3, the two Ferraris were leading until the very last second when Checo got pole position out of nowhere. It wasn't out of nowhere. It was me. I was in Mexico City. <laughs> yeah. And I taught my friend about Checo. And every Uber we got into, she was like, te gusta Checo. You manifested it. Yeah. But then I was on a flight during the race. And we all know how that turned out. So sorry, Checo. Yep. You got to go back to Mexico City ASAP. Gotta go. <laughs> Yeah, but the coolest thing, I guess, I don't know who thinks this is cool, but Gordon Ramsay awarded Checo his pole position tire. And Red Bull was like, Gordon's serving up the best donuts, like, in the in the biz. And <laughs> you really told that one good. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so Checo, this was not only his first pole position in F1, but it's actually the first Mexican to get pole position in F1. Wow. Did you know this is also the first per Mexican with like a five o'clock shadow in like beige shorts to ever get pole position? Their stuff gets so so specific. I don't understand. Well, it's like, of course, whatever he's wearing is going to be the first. He's the first Mexican to take polls, so it's like whatever he's wearing, yes. Every time they can come up with like a new fact, they just get more specific to make it into yeah. a new like metric. It's Record. so ridiculous. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then they said Sunday is his 11th anniversary of his F1 debut, which, yes, 11th anniversary is a random number, except for the fact that his number is 11. 
And the F1 race started at 11 a.m. in Mexico City. <laughs> yeah. Um, Charles and P2, because Ferrari's amazing now. Um, Carlos, like, milliseconds behind Charles, so he's in P3. Max is pissed, because he's in P4. And then Esteban in P5. George in P6. Uh, P7 is Fernando. Um, Alpine is doing amazing. Take that, Lawrence. That's what you get for firing Otmar. Um, and then <laughs> P8 is Valtteri. P9 is Pierre. P10 is Kevin. Um, P11 is Lando. And P12 is Daniel. On to the race. <laughs> Checo maintained his lead. Max passed Carlos. So he moved up to P3. And then George moved up to P5. So the front was more or less the same with minimal movements. The real race was between the two Alpines <laughs> to the shock of everybody. Esteban and Fernando started battling in like lap six. And first of all, the fact that there is no team order, I think was shocking. Not that it's yeah. obvious which one is first but the fact that it's such a dangerous track like why would you risk your two drivers knocking each other out it was actually hilarious when they when they called in Otmar and they were like so what are you doing about this he's like absolutely nothing they're like you're not gonna say anything he's like nope haven't talked to them like he was just not yeah, gonna they, get involved at all they kept panning when it was like really stressful and Esteban and Fernando were almost colliding they kept panning over to Otmar at the pit wall with his head in his hands <laughs> and it's like you could do something right now but you're choosing not to yeah you can't look distressed this is your fault but also I, I didn't hear their radios I don't know if, if you heard their radios but um I feel like they were having like a ton of fun yeah, I don't recall a radio message, but at the end in the post-race interview, they said they, well, Esteban said they had fun. Fernando was pissed for other reasons, but yes. Esteban had a great time. But a weird thing to come out of this too was that Esteban like cut a corner and got ahead of Fernando. So he exceeded track limits. And the FIA said they're not going to decide whether you have to give a position back and you have to be morally guided as to whether you will give your position back. <laughs> they're not develop developing a moral compass. They're requiring all the teams to suddenly right. get ethics. Yeah. So, I mean, in this case, it kind of worked out because it was between two teammates. So the team ultimately made the call, I think, to give the position back to Fernando. Other than that, the team didn't get involved at all, and uh, it was super stressful, and I think it also screwed over Alpine in the end, because while Fernando and Esteban were battling, Valtteri and Kevin were all, like, all four cars were, like, right behind each other. Arguably, like, if one of the Alpines got the order to go ahead, they could have maybe gone into the front action, but anyways, Valtteri ended up overtaking Esteban. Yeah. Entertainment-wise, great. Like, strategy-wise, horrible. Yeah. Everyone's strategy is just like, eh, what happens, happens. Although the commentators did make a point this is, like, really great for Alpine sponsors. My friend calls them the Pepto-Bismol card. <laughs> <laughs> I swear someone messaged us that. Was that your friend? No. 
I guess it's a universal thought. It is the color of Pepto-Bismol. That is true. It's horrific. But yeah, you never, you can't wish for a better race for BWT. No, I'm sure they got so many calls just straight in. (laughs) Like, I would like your water technology, please. (laughs) I heard it's the best. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Okay, so the battle at the front was really between the two Ferraris and the two Red Bulls, really. Like, George was, like, P5, but it was really between Red Bull and Ferrari. And obviously, with Checo having pole position, everyone wants Checo to win, and he was in the lead. So between the drivers at the front, Checo was the first one to make a pit stop. And then, literally right after he makes his pit stop, Latifi crashes and you know when Latifi crashes shit's going down and someone's getting fucked over (gasps) oh my god I feel so bad for Nicholas Latifi but dude yes so because the yellow flag came out after Latifi crashed basically the top contenders like mainly their rival Ferrari was able to get free pit stops And it really just screwed Checo for good. There were other issues here because basically when Checo pitted, Charles was actually called in to the pit lane. Um, And then when Checo pulled into the pit lane, Charles kept going. And all the Ferrari engineers had come out, like, to to do the the whole pit crew. And so everyone was like, was that a bluff? Or did they see Checo coming in and change their minds? My instinct is that it was a bluff. It seems that most people think it was a bluff, but it was like the best luck they could have had. Cause like, obviously they could not foresee the Latifi crash, but this, this like played out so much to their advantage. We seriously have to question Latifi at this point. He is like a Nikita type paid driver in that his father invested a lot in Williams. He's not that great. Yeah, totally. Like last year, he was irrelevant, except for in Abu Dhabi. And I'm sure he's crashed before, but they were irrelevant crashes. Now he's making extremely relevant crashes. And it's a problem. I feel like he really doesn't want to be doing this. (laughs) Well, no, it's not in his nature. I mean, he's a Canadian sponsored by Nutella. He's like the most harmless guy out there in this (laughs) inadvertently like it's like Nutella inadvertently gives you diabetes Latifi inadvertently ruins everyone's race also want to note that during the yellow flag when Carlos was coming out of his pit stop and then Checo was on the track and they were both like side by side Checo aggressively kind of pushed Carlos off the track and there was a question as to which one was ahead and Carlos immediately knew he was ahead and he was like, he needs to give that place back. He like pushed me off the track, even though like I had that track position and his radio people were like, um, okay, we'll look into it. And he just like followed up. He's like, I need this back. And they're like, yeah, you're right. But again, I don't know like what the FIA did, but it didn't look like they did anything Because after the restart on lap 20, Checo was told to give up his position. So Carlos was able to pass Checo. But it was really weird that they did that after the restart. 
Does this situation fall under the FIA's new like regulation that they're yeah the moral compass thing like is that like something for Red Bull to decide whether is that only between teammates that the FIA is not getting involved or is that across like different teams so like did Ferrari the the Red Bull have to make the decision. Because if they did, then doing it after the restart makes sense for them. Well, yeah, that's why people think that Red Bull was the one that decided because they morally knew they had to, but they strategically waited till it was best <laughs> for them. But you know what would really help? Huh? Um, FIA radio comms. Because <laughs> who knows? Who knows what's happening? Are they called? Because it kind of sounds like whenever, like, because like, Max was complaining about Charles, like, the entire time. He's like, oh, he crossed this line. Oh, he crossed that line. Oh, his light. Oh, this. And his team was like, can you just, like, drive? And, like, it'd be really great if we could hear whether the team then goes and calls the race coordinators and are like, um, excuse me, blah, 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 blah. Because it sounds like they're not taking anything the drivers are saying seriously. Carlos laid down the most incredible argument I've heard ever. Like that was, I would have been like, you are, wow. Yes. Yeah. The fact that he's driving at that speed and able to direct the race himself (laughs) is just something else. Love him so much. Love him. So anyways, Charles maintained his lead. The other really weird thing was Lewis, and Kevin Magnuson were battling. <laughs> but yeah, Kevin won in the end. The greatest quote is after where, where Lewis in an interview was like, uh, I just couldn't keep up with Haas's pace. And it just sounds like an alternate universe. So sad. Well, okay. And then more problems. Fernando's car just died, basically. <laughs> Um, And then shortly after, Daniel's car died. But yeah, (laughs) Daniel can't catch a break. Yeah, he really can't. Also, the guy called him Danny Ricciardo, and I can't, like, forget it. It sounds, like, so dumb. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But this was, like, an interesting... I saw on Twitter people were arguing, like, the way Daniel... Daniel and Carlos have sort of jumped simultaneously. You know, like, they were both making team jumps at the same time did carlos where was he before mclaren was he somewhere the year right before he was yeah (laughs) yeah he was at renault daniel just like follows him so (laughs) he was at renault he moved to mclaren daniel moved to renault then he moved to ferrari and daniel moved to mclaren and is doing worse at each place after well there's no way he's going to Ferrari. So that no. that came to an end quickly. <laughs> yeah, that this is where that pattern um ends. He yeah. could move to Alfa Romeo, which would be the closest um <laughs> but move. at a certain point it's like you need to reassess your career in total, <laughs> not your next move, like do a comprehensive review. Okay, so Daniel's engine died and the way he was placed on the track at the time meant his car had to be pushed by several people on the track and then eventually through the pit lane. But before Daniel got to the pit lane or his car was rolled into there, Kevin Magnuson and Nico were able to get their pit stops in during the virtual safety car. And 
Lewis had not had a single pit stop. And we were on like lap high 30s at the time when Daniel's engine died. And so he really needed new tires. But I don't know if there was like a miscommunication or something between Bono and Lewis. But by the time Lewis was told to pit, it was too late because Daniel's car was in the pit lane at the time. Was that why? Because like I thought it sounded on the radio like Lewis had just passed the pit lane and he couldn't like back up. So he was like, too late. I just passed it. Not sure like exactly on the timing of all that. But in any case, Lewis, by the time the virtual safety car left, he had been on his hard tires for 41 laps. And then he finally got to pit once the safety car left. Yeah, he pulled a Checo, but with less success. Much less. Way low down. <laughs> um, and then Valtteri got out. Yeah, no one even wanted to explain why. <laughs> They're like, he's out. And we're like, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Lewis, because he pitted and everyone else had already pitted, he dropped back all the way down to P12. More focus was put on the battle in the front towards the end. Max was catching up to Charles in P1. Max and Charles were battling again, reminiscent of last weekend. Max passed Charles. Charles passed Max. Then they both locked up and Charles zoomed on by and then they unlocked. At this point, like towards the end of the race, everyone, the commentator was like, everyone is chasing someone. But the only person not chasing anyone or being chased was George. He like posted after the race. He's like, well, this was lonely. And it was literally just him like on his own in the middle of the track. Isn't it crazy that literally no one acknowledged George all weekend? I mean, this was his best race finish. I know, it was. Lewis is doing worse than George, and he's still getting more attention. George was just in P5 cruising the whole time. And and then at the end, his quotes were, like, kind of sad. It's like, well, you know, we're not here competing for P5, but we'll take what we can get. And I'm like, do you remember when you got zero points on Sundays <laughs> every time, basically? But Also, George, you are there competing for P5 yeah. because you are literally the best performing Mercedes engine. So that is the best you could possibly do. So at the very end of the race, like on lap 46, Charles was struggling with his rear tire grip. So Max was actually able to pass Charles for good. Oh, but then Charles had a chance to overtake him in like the final laps, but then Alex Albon crashed and a yellow flag came out. And so I guess Charles wasn't able to activate his DRS anymore. And so he lost his chance to pass Max. But yeah, (laughs) Williams drivers, bad news. Bad, bad news. Now that Haas has exceeded them, now Williams is like, I need more attention. (laughs) Look at me! Look at me! <laughs> Crash. We're, we're looking. Also, really exciting battle between Lando and Esteban. Lando passed Esteban for P6, but at the very last second, across the finish line, Esteban passed Lando. Esteban's just, like, randomly exciting. <laughs> <laughs> he gives us absolutely nothing, and then bam! <laughs> I think this weekend proves Esteban can defend like a lion. He, yes, no longer like kitty catting his way around the track. 
And then Lewis did make up a few spots, so he got to P10, but he's never been here before, apparently, because he <laughs> said, are there even points for this position? <laughs> Dude. <laughs> there is also memes on a Saturday of, like, a confused guy, like, in the middle of nowhere, and it was, like, Lewis in Q1 being like, where am I? <laughs> Where have I where have I entered? I got off the wrong exit. Bring a me lot back. of Yes. A lot of uncharted territory for Lewis. Yes. People not in uncharted territory. Uh Max won. Good for him. And okay. thank God for the commentators, because we now know that Sunday was the 28th anniversary of his father's F1 debut. I'm just like, do they have like interns for this? They like just Google information and give them like a spreadsheet on every like. Yeah, like they should limit the anniversaries to the big ones, you know, like 50th, 100th. I liked at the end the commentator on Max Charles and Carlos being the podium. He was like, they're not the future. They're the now. No shit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. So the race results. Max won, Charles in P2, and he got fastest lap. Then Carlos in P3, Checo in P4, George in P5, Esteban in P6, Lando P7, Pierre, and then Kevin in P9, and Lewis in P10. Okay, the official driver of the day was Charles, but... Yeah, you don't think he deserved it? Well, of course he deserves it. He <laughs> main, like, he maintained his lead and did a great job racing. Um, so it's not like I think he's undeserving, but Max certainly deserves it. Yeah, he does. Um, he did, like, there was a video of him coming up during um, press interviews, and he, like, uh, patted Charles on the back, and they, like, shook hands. They're like, oh, great job. That was so much fun. They're just having fun, man. Yeah. Uh, well, there was a lot of commentary about how um, they were both friends from a young age, like when they were like eight, because they started carding together. So they have like a lot of respect for each other. And yeah, all of their comments after the race were like very positive. Like obviously everyone's comparing Max and Lewis and Max and Charles are like, is Max racing differently with um Charles and he did with Lewis but I also feel like that age gap plays a huge part in all of it and also the rivalry between teams themselves like Christian and Toto don't exactly create a warm and loving environment for people to be best friends and like kumbaya together you know like I don't think Christian and Mattia have the same kind of beef it's hard to have beef with Mattia because he just doesn't respond in English that is true. <laughs> Christian might have tried, but it was yeah. fruitless endeavor. <laughs> well, I also wanted to give an honorable mention to Esteban. Yeah, that's a good shout. He did he did well. Dick in the box box. <laughs> Someone messaged us and called it Dick Dick in the Box, and I thought that was funny. Like an extra, extra dick. <laughs> Latifi. <laughs> Duh. Cause he accidentally ruined Checo's dreams and sometimes when it's on accident it's almost worse and then dishonorable mention to Mercedes power units because they're still not great 
And Toto said in an interview that the engine failure is an exercise in humility, which is a very Toto thing to say. The way Mercedes has handled all these changes and budget caps and all of that stuff really just reminds me of like that trope in films and like literature of like rich people suddenly being taken out of their environment having to survive on like nothing and Mercedes seems like really like <laughs> lost and that's confused. literally the premise of Shit's Creek <laughs> yes Mercedes <laughs> is the Rose family <laughs> yes they really are they're so like literally Lewis is like oh, where am I <laughs> <laughs> and George is like ill Lewis <laughs> um so the drivers the top five right now Charles with 45 points, Carlos with 33, Max has 25, George with 22, and Lewis with 16. Uh, He's still there. Good for him. And then Constructors top five. Ferrari has 78, Mercedes has 38, Red Bull 37, Alpine 16, and Haas 12. Oh, did you see that quote that Gunther had that was like, last year for two points, I would have fucked the whole paddock. (laughs) (laughs) No. You didn't see that? No, I didn't. Okay. I I, I did hear, though, he might have said hugged the whole paddock, but I don't see how that even makes sense. (laughs) So I think he he meant fucked. He definitely said fucked. (laughs) He was not yeah. hugging anyone. Gunther's <laughs> no, not much not, of a hugger. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense for him. So yeah, he's thrilled yet again. <laughs> I love seeing Gunther happy. Don't we all? Oh, I also saw, you know how Gunther had like that wooden ship uh, yes. photo shoot with Mick and Drive to Survive? I think it was WTF1, but they tweeted, the Steiner ship has upgraded. And it was like a picture of Gunther next to a yacht. <laughs> Amazing. I feel like Gunther has never stepped foot on a yacht. I'm sure he like- had to in Monaco. Are you sure Haas didn't have like a rowboat <laughs> next to them? Like a I just German can't- wooden boat. <laughs> yeah, I just I can't imagine him in a yacht on a yacht. And Alpi, <laughs> like whatever he was in, catalog is where I see him in the best well, way possible. This year is his year. It is. You're right. <laughs> yacht, here yacht. we come. <laughs> <laughs> Although I did see that mixed crash cost them $1 million. <laughs> good, good thing they did all those Aldi ads. <laughs> and I think they kept the Mazepin's money. <laughs> yeah. They just like took the money and were like, see you later. <laughs> Enjoy the war. <laughs> The greatest Uh, pawn in history. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, um, we'll be back later this week to prepare for Australia. Um, We have a very urgent request to all of our Australian boxes. And that is, we don't know what to cook or eat for the Australian Grand Prix. The only thing I know about is... um, from from be, below the deck is fairy bread, which sounds repulsive. It's wonder bread, butter, and sprinkles. That's it. Yes, I'm not eating that. And you know about we both know about Tim Tams, but yeah. that's hard to find. 
Yeah, so, I'm sure the world market might have them. But that's more like with our coffee during the right. Actually, right. it's at 10 p.m. Never mind. Um, so, oh yeah, <laughs> for you it's 10 p.m. For me it's 1 a.m. <laughs> I'm just like okay then. Now we're <laughs> um, watching that at another time. Um, yeah, <laughs> the only thing I know of is Vegemite and Marmite, which I wait. One's English, but they are well, both black yeah. masses of salt. Neither of them are happening. No. So. so we would love your recommendations. Because uh, the only other thing I can think of is shrimp on the Barbie or Outback Steakhouse. Okay. I would love shrimp on the Barbie, but I don't have a Barbie. So. And I don't eat shrimp. I have a barbecue, though. So, um, so yeah, we'd love for you to curate the menu for the Box Box Pit Stop this this week. So hit us up. Box, box. Box, box.